Nation. Terrible thing, you don't want it to happen any place. A grass fire turned to a homicide investigation, what we know so far. And hang in there, a few more days of heat and then a big change arrives next week. Your forecast coming up. We are heading toward a government shutdown, how we got to this point and what it means for all of us. Today, while fire crews were working a grass fire, they made a grisly discovery, a body. The fire started around 5 this morning off of Mesa Drive and Cat Mountain Drive in the Northwest Hills area. And now police are investigating this as a homicide. This is our top story tonight. Thanks for being with us. I'm Britt Moreno. And I'm Mike Rush. In for Daniel Marine. KXAN's Brianna Hollow spoke with police about what happened and shows us how neighbors are reacting. Police say it's still too early in the investigation to provide details about which factors led them to investigate this as a homicide. But as you can imagine, a scary situation for neighbors who either woke up to that fire or patrol cars and crime scene tape. Police knocking on the door and said that uh, there was a fire back by our fence initially. That was already scary enough for Jeff Heinzelman. And we thought, well, that's strange, but that can happen. Then he disclosed that there was a uh, somebody died. The Austin Fire Department was dispatched to the call of a fire in the 6300 block of Mesa Drive. Um, upon arrival, they located an individual um, that appeared to be deceased. At that time, they called and contacted uh, APD. The fire didn't spread to any nearby buildings, and once the crews put the flames out, police began interviewing witnesses in the neighborhood. This is obviously a residential neighborhood. Um, I don't believe we've had actually a murder out in this area. This. Uh, uh, in this area this year. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot goes on around here. I mean, that's a heavy traffic area, but that's what it is. But we don't, I, this is the closest we've come to anything this, this serious ever. Freaked us out a little bit because yeah. uh, that's just a terrible thing. Police say this is the 47th homicide this year. In Northwest Austin, Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Police have not yet released the identity of the victim. Now, last year, Austin saw a total of 77 homicides. For an in-depth look at where homicides have happened this year, head to KXAN.com. Our digital data reporter, Christopher Adams, has interactive maps and graphs on where, when, and how homicides happened in Austin. Just search homicide map on KXAN.com. The threat of a government shutdown is becoming more real by the minute. We are only a day away from it happening, causing a major national disruption. But what will it mean for you? NBC correspondent Noah Pransky explains. There is so much noise coming out of Washington. Prevent a government shutdown. The government could shut down. Avoid a government shutdown. But here's everything you actually need to know about a possible government shutdown. How does it affect me? Well, if you're one of the millions of employees furloughed in a shutdown, from civilian defense staffers to medical researchers, you won't be paid and you won't be working after September 30th. Employees deemed essential won't be paid either, but they'll still have to work, like service members, border patrol agents, and TSA screeners. They'll get back pay eventually, but airport absenteeism was an issue during the last shutdown, snarling traffic for all of us. So be prepared for it to happen again this fall. Delays could also strike U.S. passport offices, so plan for an already bad backlog there to get even worse. Plan to visit a national park or monument? It's possible some will close while others will stay open just without access to welcome centers or bathrooms. And be warned, it is a very long drive across Yellowstone without a bathroom. Most government watchdogs will also be sidelined, including those who inspect our food, our water, our workplace safety, and our investments. What isn't affected? Social Security checks, Medicare and Medicaid, and the U.S. Postal Service.
Now, why again are they doing this? So there was a five-way budget deal cut in June to avoid default. But now as we approach the shutdown, one of the parties, House Republicans, is demanding to renegotiate. It's not all House Republicans, just a small group who are blocking Congress from doing any business until their demands are met on major immigration reforms, severe cuts to government programs, and less aid for Ukraine as it defends itself against Russia. None of those positions have broad support in Congress. So why can't House Speaker Kevin McCarthy just ignore this tiny fringe? In short, he wants to save his job. Flashback to January, when it took 15 votes and five days just for Republicans to pick a leader. McCarthy won the vote by conceding power to members of the far-right Freedom Caucus. But fast forward to today, and without some of those rebels, he doesn't have enough Republican votes to keep the government running. At the same time, they've warned him his job of speaker is done if he cuts a deal with Democrats. So despite only representing about 5% of the House, the holdouts have the power to shut down a huge chunk of the government. Finally, what happens next? McCarthy has tried other concessions to try and get the far-right rebels on board, like agreeing to hold impeachment proceedings for President Biden. But once the government's shut down, there's no telling when it will reopen. The last shutdown, initiated by President Trump nearly five years ago, lasted more than a month and ultimately did not produce the border wall funding he was demanding. Noah Pransky, NBC News. The governor of New York has declared a state of emergency for the major flooding happening there. Check out this video. It shows cars driving through several inches of water in flooded parts of the highway in Brooklyn just this morning. Heavy rain triggered flash flooding. The New York City Emergency Management Department issued a travel advisory for today and for tomorrow morning. Several subway lines had to be suspended because of all this flooding. All right, let's turn now to our forecast. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it, but Sean says it's going to be much cooler next week. I could use that today. I was out on a shoot today. I had to have a wardrobe uh, change because of it. It it's was hot outside. It's a sweaty outside. time if you're it, working yeah. for it's anybody. Been, it's been a little bit toasty mm -hmm. into the middle 90s here, but yeah, I'm promising you, you all some relief. Finally, yeah. some 80s here in the forecast to look forward to. Not only that, We've got some rain heading our way and for right now, yeah, this is kind of just a tease or just a spot shower in southern Fayette County, just south of LaGrange. It's not going to amount to much here, but uh, we're going to be watching out for a little bit higher chances of rain as we progress throughout the week next week for this evening, though, we're still dealing with the heat. Look at some of these temperatures across the state. 93 in Amarillo, 91 in Lubbock, San Angelo. We've got temperatures into the lower 90s, 97 in Del Rio here at home. We're still into the middle of 90s today, quite potentially the hottest temperature that we're going to see over the course of the next seven days. But the evenings generally have been pretty nice as soon as the sun sets. And today will be no different here by 9 p.m. If you're listening to some live music, you're heading downtown, maybe have some dinner plans or happy hour plans will be into the lower 80s by 11 p.m. But the humidity returns to the next few days. And yes, those rain chances really ramp up. We'll talk about that and the relief heading our way coming up in First Warning Weather. Thanks, Sean. Senator Dianne Feinstein has passed away at the age of 90. She was the longest serving woman in the U.S. Senate, representing the state of California for more than 30 years. Feinstein had been suffering from a string of health issues recently, announcing she planned to retire at the end of her current term. She was a prominent gun control uh, opponent during her career and championed the assault weapons ban that then-President Bill Clinton signed into law in 1994. She also pushed for the reauthorization of the landmark Violence Against Women Act. 
Feinstein served as the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee as well. The governor of California will pick her replacement. A judge ruling the Michigan school shooter's fate. How much time he could face in prison. And the auto worker strike is only getting bigger. The plants joining in now. And we're learning about the millions of dollars. Yeah, millions worth of damage in Round Rock from Sunday's hailstorm. How it compares to years past. A Michigan judge ruled the Oxford High School shooter can be sentenced to life without parole for killing four of his classmates and wounding seven others. Ethan Crumbly was 15 at the time of the shooting in November 2021, but Crumbly was charged as an adult last year and convicted of first-degree murder. The judge says the court could not find reason that he could be rehabilitated, and the crime does not bear the, quote, hallmarks of youth. That means that he can be sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. His sentencing is set for December the 8th. The United Auto Workers Union is expanding its strike at more Ford and General Motors plants. The UAW president announced workers at Ford's Chicago assembly plant and GM's Lansing assembly plant will begin walking off the job right now. He says negotiations have not broken down, but Ford and GM need to make more progress. He adds progress is being made on several Stellantis fronts, and the new expansion does not target those plants. All right, it's the final week of high school football here in September. And man, do we have an exciting all-area showdown. A couple teams looking to make an ex a statement here in early district play. We'll preview it coming up. And a fairly nice Friday evening ahead with temperatures diving down, dipping down into the middle 80s. But we've got a hot weekend ahead with rain chances slowly increasing into the day Sunday. But we are looking at some major changes in the extended forecast. We're timing out the heaviest rain that we are expecting. Big changes heading our way with some cooler temperatures ahead. We'll talk about that coming up. Another major week of high school football kicked off last night with most of the key matchups this evening. And tonight we have McNeil versus Georgetown, two schools who won their first district game. And there's our Noah Gross live tonight in Georgetown. Hey, Noah. Hey guys, Hendrickson and Georgetown. Usually we're going to preview a big game on Friday. Last couple weeks we've had a rivalry with the Battle of the Bell and Battle of the Lakes. No nickname for this rivalry quite yet, but this is a big matchup here early in the season with both these teams looking to extend their record to 2-0 in district play. Let's kind of kick things off here with the Georgetown Eagles. They had some early season struggles losing to teams like Vista Ridge, but they've kicked things up as of late, really starting to play some of their best football. They beat last year's district champ A&M Consolidated on the road to open district play, so they're feeling good heading into their second district matchup tonight. For Hendrickson, who's going to be here at Georgetown this evening, they were 1-3 at this point a season ago. Now they're 3-1. Last year they lost to Glenn by 10. Now they won by 10, so a clear improvement here for the Hawks. Last year in this matchup, Georgetown rolled a whole lot of offense 70-20 to and expecting things to be a bit closer this year between Hendrickson and Georgetown. Key guy Hendrickson's got to focus on is Andrew Petter, the star running back for the Eagles. This is really going to come down to which bird wants it more. I don't uh, know if we have any ornithologists. Yes, that's a, that's a, I think it's a, someone who studies birds watching tonight. Eagles versus Hawks. 
Big one. We have a lot of big games tonight, but like I said, ornithologists are going to be focused on this one, guys. There you go. Well, in Central Texas, people know their birds, so I think we're going to get right. some emails regardless exactly. whether Noah nailed it or not. Somebody Googled a word, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he sure did. Used it well, I guess. Yeah, he uh, did. So, okay, hot, but rain's coming. That's great. That, I, I'm so excited here. At least yeah. the latter part This is an exciting forecast here. Yes. We, we still have to get through a few more days, but yes, we're looking at big changes ahead here in the extended forecast. But yeah, we've got, you know, as Noah said, We've got some big games tonight, and for those high school football games, kickoff at temperatures here into the lower 90s, so yeah, it's going to be hot. Make sure you pack that water with you. You bring that along, heading towards halftime, still pretty toasty into the upper 80s, but heading home, it gets a little bit more comfortable. Tomorrow, though, we get ready for not only, of course, a big game. This is a big deal here at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, kickoff time at 2.30, but yeah, it's going to be a hot one tomorrow, so please don't forget the sunscreen, and don't forget to just continue to drink plenty of fluids. There is an isolated shower here in the forecast, but I wouldn't hold your breath on that. That's going to be a 10% chance of rain. So the majority of us here will stay dry. Look at this. The numbers just came in for today. 95 was our high temperature at Camp Mabry. We went a full week here with temperatures here into the middle 90s for highs. Tomorrow will end the month with hotter than normal conditions, and this will go down as one of the hottest September's in history for us in Austin. Only saw five days of measurable rain. And we, of course, are in dire need of rain. We need it, we need it bad. The good thing here, we're starting to see some indications, some promising changes to the forecast, to a little bit rainier uh, conditions ahead. For right now, 94 degrees, a live look. It's absolutely pretty looking right now. Yeah, it's a little bit hot, but once we get closer to, towards sunset, temperatures get a little bit more manageable if you have any outdoor evening plans. 93 in Rockdale, 94 in Giddings. Good evening too, out in Llano in the Hill Country. We're into the lower 90s, still pretty uncomfortable down in Hayes County. Here it is, we can already see this storm maker that will be impacting the biggest change that we have seen in months, talking about 80s for highs for an extended period of time. Right now, it's over the Pacific Northwest, impacting portions from uh, Seattle down into Portland, into Northern California. This will be sliding along the Rocky Mountains area through the next few days and eventually increasing our rain chances and dropping us a cold front that will bring us some 80s for highs. So that's really nice. For right now, we're dry, but we do have a spot shower south of LaGrange. Nothing impactful. The majority of us, 99% of us are dry right now, dealing with mainly sunny skies. And kind of the same thing for tomorrow, other than a spot shower out in the hill country. I think Sunday will be a little bit of a better chance of rain. That's once again, mainly in Mason County and Gillespie County and areas further out towards the west near San Angelo. Let's talk about the good stuff, the better chance of more widespread rain. That holds off until Wednesday. We start to see the heaviest rain into the northern part of the state. as that cold front dips down further towards the south. The heaviest rain will be for us Wednesday evening into the overnight and into Thursday morning. Could see frequent downpours, thunder, lightning, you name it here with also some heavy rain producing, maybe even some localized flooding if we get too much of a good thing here in a short amount of time. I'm not worried about widespread flooding because it's in and out of here by Thursday evening. We dry and out and some of us by Friday may stay into the lower 80s for highs. So a sustainable period of cooler weather will uh, persist here after the cold front. How much rain do we see? One to two, two and a half inches of beneficial rain. We would love to see that. 
Through the next seven days, we're looking at 90s each and every day. But yeah, there's that drop in the temperatures as we head into Thursday and Friday. That week two forecast also looking cooler than normal here as we head into that uh, second weekend of ACL. We're learning new details about the extent of damage from Sunday night's hailstorm. We got reports and videos of cars at dealerships in Round Rock with shattered windows, windshields, dents, and so on. Tony Porton with Penske Automotive tells us the storm damaged over 200 or over 750 of their vehicles across four dealerships. He says most of those vehicles are not repairable and are anticipated to be total losses totaling over $27 million in inventory value. For context, Austin's two most expensive hailstorms before those were in March of 2009 and March of 1993 here in Austin, totaling $160 million and $125 million worth of damage. So if four car dealerships totaled just over $27 million this year so far, it's safe to say that number could quickly add up quickly as a damage assessment continues for that area. All right, Sean, thank you. We want to let people know that public access to the boat ramp at Lake Walter E. Long will be closed starting on Sunday, and that's because the lake level is just too low to safely allow any boating. The lake level is maintained by pumping water in from the Colorado River, but flow from the river is too low thanks to this drought, so water can't be pumped. The lake is also known as Decker Lake. The dam that created the lake was built in 1967 to supply water to the power plant there. Still to come, police need help finding a bank robber. The location he hit up not once, but twice. And what police are offering for your help. Tonight, Austin police need your help finding a man they believe is behind two bank robberies. Now, they both happened at the A-plus Federal Credit Union located on Highway 290. The first happened June 21st and then again just yesterday. This is who police are looking for. Take a good look at your screen. They say he's 16 to 22 years old, around five and a half feet tall. He has a thin build and hair that goes past his nose. They say this man approached a bank teller, demanded cash and threatened to shoot the teller. In both cases, the suspect left with some cash. It is unknown if he was in a car or whether he had a weapon. If you have any information, please call police. And just a reminder, you can remain anonymous and a $1,000 reward is being offered for information that leads to an arrest. New today, police in Las Vegas have arrested a man in connection to the shooting death of rapper Tupac Shakur in 1996. 60-year-old Dwayne Davis, known as Keith D, has been arrested and charged with murder. He's been known to investigators as one of four suspects identified early in the investigation. He is not the accused gunman, but was described as the, quote, shot caller by authorities. Davis himself admitted in interviews and in his 2019 tell-all memoir, Compton Street Legend, that he provided the gun used in the drive-by shooting. Police arrested him while he walked near his home today, two months after police raided his home. Lester Holt will have more details in just a few minutes on NBC Nightly News. Well, if you want your news early tonight, join us for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. Here's where you can find us. Stick with us for KXAN News at 10. Before that, it's The Voice at 7, followed by an all-new episode of Dateline at 8. And here's a peek of the exclusive interview with a convicted killer here in Texas. This is a story out of Dallas, Texas, in which nothing was as it seemed except the murder. Was this a love triangle or something else?
Certainly at the beginning, law enforcement had no idea exactly how many angles it had or even the true nature of the crime they were investigating. Who was telling the truth? Who wasn't? And in fact, who was who? You'll have to decide. Tonight on Dateline at 8 on KXAN.